0: The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media
1: Network.
2: Nick Jelso here, and uh, Joe Sway's over at the Garden with Sherrod and uh, and our uh, Bobby. But uh, tonight, the Celtics, another win, second night of back-to-backs, 117-94. Joe Sway, it looked like a party at the Garden tonight.
0: Yeah, it had that feel to it for sure. I feel like the uh, the vibe from Friday night carried over in the sense of, well, maybe not the, the the excitement about the court, but the fact that I feel like the old court is back, and it's Saturday night, and you know a lot of families, a and drinks, people have been um, exactly people have been getting after it since the you know afternoon probably. Like, you can feel that.
2: Was it, I don't want to go back to last game except to ask what was it like with that floor in there. I mean, I can't even imagine that building. <laughs> there was, there was
0: excitement just because it was something different. But yeah, everyone had their had their opinion about it. Probably sure. not too
2: good, right? Yeah, most, most people, people really, hated yeah. it. But so it, was it
0: was more of a uh, hey, I was here when this happened type
2: of thing. Yeah. So the Celtics are back tonight. The Parquet's back. They they put a beating down on a, a very very aggressive Raptors team. I mean you can't take anything away from them. Those guys really really gave it effort throughout. But Josue, this is my my uh, my first game of the season. So let me just reflect on a couple things that I haven't been able to. Drew Holiday, oh my god, man, changes I mean, things, first he? Oh my god, like. He's everywhere. Number one, he's definitely under under are uh, underrated on offense too. I mean, I know his defense, but man, his hands are everywhere. He has this great ability to to snatch the ball without getting hands. I mean, he's just been really fun to watch. Porzingis, I can't believe how mobile this guy is. Like I watched when I was covering the team, he was with New York, so I, I caught him once I think there when he wasn't injured, but like I, I didn't realize just how. Big and good he is with the ball. What a great passer. Makes such a difference, man. And then I love Al coming off the bench.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, was, a couple other couple other things quick. The one negative is Jalen still can't dribble. But he, he, he was great tonight. I think he had 30 points or 29 points. He was terrific in that, in that second half. And Jason Tatum, man, like every time I watch him, I see the greatest – offensive celtic ever
0: hey you might be onto something man i feel like he's picking his spots too so we haven't even seen him in full force yet but yeah he was a it was exciting tonight for sure. Same thing on Friday. I feel like Tatum is, is 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 so comfortable in the sense of having guys like Porzingis and Jalen Brown, and just when the offense is thriving overall without him having to score 12, 13, 14 points, all of a sudden he has these offensive outbursts in the in, in in a particular quarter. And in this one, it was the third. You know, like it, it's like he's able to just dial in, you know, create separations. In, in, in this case, it was back-to-back three-pointers that I felt like made the difference. And then all of a sudden, the rest of the offense is off to the races. But it's like that 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 specific quarter where he's able to piece it all together and score anywhere near 20 points, it feels like, makes all the difference, especially against a team like the Toronto Raptors who they just don't have that type of offensive firepower to counter with, right? I mean, Scotty Barnes did a really good job of just trying to get himself going and getting yeah. his touches, and he he did the best he could, especially in that first half, to find his office early and often. But he, I mean, the Celtics defense, I felt like, found its focus, especially right before halftime. And, and then, when this offense was clicking the way it was with guys like Porzingis and Jalen and Tatum all taking turns, it was just way too much for the Toronto uh, defense to, to, to really find themselves and just string together a consecutive oh, stop. They couldn't do oh it. Oh
2: man, they, they, they tried. I mean, it wasn't for lack yeah. of effort. I mean, those no. guys were playing really hard and, and Boston was just when they were clicking, it was that, you know, that, that, Punch they put down where they just they'll, they'll string together four or five amazing possessions that usually start with defense. And tonight they had that look from the, the get-go that they were going to put show up and play D tonight. It was great to see it on the second night of back-to-back, too. I mean, that, yes. that's so encouraging. Yeah.
0: No, no question. Man. I, I thought this team would get – I thought they would lose the rebounding battle, and they didn't. Yeah. They, they won it by a large margin. Oh, but what was it, by, by nine, which is still significant against this against this Raptors team, right? I thought that the, the matchup between Poto and, and uh, Porzingis would be much, much tighter than it actually was, and you got that sense in the first quarter, but Porzingis just went another level, right? He, he got him out of his comfort zone, made uh, made Poto go out outside the paint to go defend him, and, and that's where Porzingis just blew past him, you know, essentially almost every single time. And, and you know, look, the, the way the Celtics offense was able to free up Jalen is also a, a, a a big advantage, right? Especially when yeah. he's able to cut through. He's constantly active without the ball in his hands. And then when the transition gets going, the Raptors' defense just couldn't keep up. You know, when the Celtics are out on the floor and, and when they're out in transition like that, you know, teams think, they think in the beginning that they can keep up. And the Raptors certainly had that feel to it in the beginning, but then the Celtics just completely just, their, their offense is overwhelming. And by the second half, all of a sudden you find yourself on the wrong end of a double-digit deficit.
2: I, and it happens like that. I mean, you blink. I I, I went out at at halftime with the dog, and I got in with like – I think it was like 10 minutes on the clock in the third, and they had already created separation. I was Mm -hmm. like, this – and there's some sort of a feeling. I mean, I've tuned into just about every game that I've been able to so far this year, and I haven't done that in a year or two. And uh, there's some sort of energy around this team that feels very – championship focused I mean there were two bad games there yeah a little bit of PTSD from the past but nothing that made you you really panic or yeah. sorry, panic meter there's some sort of vibe or energy and I think it started with Pierce as much as John likes to bust his ass I mean I think Pierce Rondo those guys being around make such a huge difference and I've been saying that for years yeah I mean in the beginning for sure especially when that it carried over from,
0: you know, from before training camp into the preseason. And Paul Pierce, all of a sudden, lost 20 pounds. I mean, like, <laughs> that just shows you how much fun Paul was having, obviously. But also, yeah. how much these guys want want him around, right? Guys like Pierce and guys like Rondo. So, the, in the yeah. beginning, you know, you got that sense for sure that, that this could be a championship team. But I, I want to know, what was your reaction to those, those back-to-back losses? Because, you know, a lot of... I feel like people who are, who are critical of this team, they were like, OK, well, see, there you go. Like, that's the Celtics team that could show up from time to time. But we haven't seen them since. You know, we haven't seen them since that Minnesota game. You know, and, and you, you wonder if that happens again, how, how they're going to respond. But these are the type of matchups I love for the Celtics team this early in the
2: season. As we're welcoming the professor, Sherrod Blakely, and I'll tell you what my reaction was. Actually, You could tell me I wasn't on Twitter, so I wasn't I wasn't raging. So, like, you know, I, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't freaking out. No, I was like the one in the bar going, like, guys, calm, just calm down. Because I, <laughs> I really feel it about this team this year. Now, see me around the all-star break. I might be a little different, but I hope not. I have a great but Yeah, I know
0: you were screaming about that court Friday night, though, for sure.
2: Oh, that I was pissed off. I'm still mad. I have PTSD <laughs> on that. At I'm least get mad. the color right. Get the color right. <laughs>
3: Joe Sway, why are you triggering him tonight, Joe Damn. Come on now. For the
0: fans. For the fans. Fans, Sherrod. they you love know the he's team. gonna get. You know he's gonna get mad about something.
2: something I'm not mad.
0: Not wait. mad, but something could get. I might
2: going. be. I might be back to the Homer. You know, like when we first started working together. Uh oh. I'm not mad, but I might be back to like. Oh man. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes. Wow. That I was movie, like. Are you raised? I like that. Sell those t-shirts, baby. <laughs> Yo, anyway, don't Sherrod, sell.
0: Don't Sherrod, sell.
2: they will sell. Sherrod, uh, your initial thoughts after a two wins in a row, back-to-back, to back, tonight was great. Well, I mean, the wins
3: themselves are great, but to me, it's, it's the lessons that I think this team has learned from yes. – Celtic teams of the past, this was a setup where you figure one of these two games was going to be much harder than the other because they didn't take care of their business. If you notice at the end of the Brooklyn game, what was Jason Tatum and company doing? Watching. What mm-hmm. were they doing tonight? Watching. That's not mm-hmm. a coincidence. When you take care of your business, your second unit gets a chance to get out there and get comfortable, do some things that they normally wouldn't be able to do because they don't get that much run. This is what happens. Tatum was great. I thought Jalen Brown, you know, was was great. Uh, they had different guys that stepped up at different moments. Sam Hauser has become that offensive wow. source that they wow. have been really desperately asking for and needing. Pritchard is slowly but surely kind of figuring out yep. what he needs to do, and they just need, I think, one more guy from that front court uh, who doesn't make lemon squares uh, to
4: step <laughs> in and do
2: some do some damn things for this team.
4: But they're damn. in great shape.
2: Speaking of Bobby, where is he right now, making the lemon squares? <laughs> it's like every year, as long as Cornette's on the team, it's not going to change. We have a Cornette exclusive tonight, folks. That's what I heard. Powered by FanDuel. Cornette ex- Another one. Another one? Isn't that one? back, Isn't that back- say. to say. Isn't that back-to-back? <laughs> yeah,
3: it is. There's only so many times you go to the well. we going to well, it just...
0: Go ahead, Joe Sway. I was going to say, is it an exclusive if uh CL Ness is the only one doing it? No, I'm
2: just Exactly. <laughs> the only. It's <laughs> nah, man. Is the only the only ones?
0: Nah, man. Cornette, Cornette he, he he did his job Friday night, but Al Horford was back. And, and this is the type of night that <laughs> it's easy for Al. You know, 7-7. Seven and seven, You know, what was it? Less than 20. Oh, no. He, he played a little over 24 minutes, but just a solid – Night off the bench for Al, where you're giving you're giving the, the the Celtics a little bit on, on on both ends of the floor, and especially that knockdown three shot, that that, that three point shot that he had in the second half, uh, where, where that open shot is going to be there for him almost every single yeah. time when 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 you know Porzingis, Tatum, and Brown got their offense going the way they did in the second half.
2: And I'll tell you, did they ever? Because Brown, I mean. Hitting those back-to-back threes was huge, and Tatum—it's just that you don't even feel it; you don't even know it's happening anymore. I—I I, I gave the old Tommy Heinsohn charade. I, I think he might have surpassed Paul as the best offensive player in the history of the franchise. I know he hasn't won a title yet, but I think he's the best I've ever seen in well, green. I,
3: I think it's telling that when Paul has been kind of asked in some way, shape, or form about that question, there's a pause. Before he answers a question. <laughs> and I think it's, it's one of those things like, okay, how can I like not make this sound like I'm giving into this narrative when I don't want to do that, but I need to show him respect because he's pretty damn special. Uh, yeah. it, it seems like every other, every couple of weeks, Tatum is the first Celtic to do this, the first Celtic to yep. do that. And, and when you start building that as part of your narrative, part of your resume, it's just a matter of time before you, you run out of being the first, because you are the first you You're are the, the first. number one and and so Tatum I mean he's on track to be one of the all- time if not the greatest celtic ever but the point that you made Nick that's going to always haunt him until he exercised yeah. that particular demon you got to win a championship there there are, he can have a greatest career statistically that anyone around here has ever had but if he does not win a championship that resume is going to be incomplete there's no yeah. doubt about that
2: I think what's really brilliant about him is he has like this combination. I mean, sure, we're both old enough to remember Bird and McHale, and obviously these guys weren't nearly as athletic as as Tatum is, and he's maybe not nearly as crafty as they were yet, but he shows something tonight. He had that sweeping right uh, floater, right-handed floater off his left foot. If it looked like Larry Bird across the paint. And he had that up and under like Kevin McHale. And I'm thinking, this guy must be watching tape because he's showing new things. And I see the chat. Of course, I've watched Larry Bird. And I think Larry Bird's the greatest overall, maybe Celtic of all time there with, with, with Bill Russell. But but Tatum, I don't know, man. He's on his way. And he's played enough years and will have played enough years to surpass Havlicek, too, maybe even.
3: I, but I always, whenever we have, whenever there's conversations about the all-time great this that, or the other, I can never, ever, ever leave out what winning a championship means. It's it's I, I, it's, it's, it's it's everything, and I always bake that into the conversation. I, I was watching this commercial uh, with with uh, Charles Barkley, Kevin Garnett, and Gary Payton, and Chuck said something about Kevin. This was a Couple years ago, before Kevin got into the Hall of Fame, and he says something to the effect that you know, you know, Kevin, you know, I'm a Hall of Famer. That guy's a Hall of Famer. You might get in the Hall of Fame, and then Kevin and Jack is like, but I'm a champion. He's a champion. So maybe you might come close to being a champion. And <laughs> it, it, to me, it was a pushback that anyone who has won a championship can always trump you with. They were the la- they were part of the last team standing when everyone was shooting for that one goal. And that's to me, that's why championships are so special because it's the one goal that every player Wants to achieve. Not every player wants to be the top scorer. Not every player wants to yep. lead the league in rebound. But every player wants to win a championship. And when you're able to do that and another man or woman has not been able to do that, it puts you in a different category when you start talking about who's the all-time this, that, or the other. And so Tatum, uh, he's done everything except that one thing. And it's that, it, as long as that one thing is not done, he's always going to be on a different level beneath Paul. And yep. and Bird and, Bird and, Bird and <laughs> Russell <laughs> and all that.
2: The thing that's ironic, or not ironic, but it co- coincides exactly with what you say. There's like what, 23 retired banners, and all but one represent titles, and the one that doesn't died playing basketball right? So you don't really, you can't knock Reggie Lewis. I think he would have won one or two, you know? So it, it goes to be said, at least in, in 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 Boston, for sure, the championship is number one. But I feel, Sherrod, I was saying this with Joe Sway. I feel that kind of energy around them, at least through the television this year, that I hadn't felt in other years. You're muted.
3: I think that I really like about this particular win over Toronto is you know as some folks in the chat pointed out Toronto's not a very good team but yet they came into this game having won three out of the last four games and they play hard and they they I mean it's like they are like the KFC of the NBA none wings all they got is all they got is wings. They, they don't, <laughs> that's that's their team. Yeah that's who they are. But here's my my thing with the Celtics they absolutely own them. In this game, we it not matter the most. As the game wore on, they wore the Raptors out. And that's what championship teams do. When you have a team that you know you're better than, you beat the snot out of them. And mm-hmm. you leave no doubt mm-hmm. that you're the better team. And that's the difference between these guys, I think, that's and the teams so we've seen in the past. They could win games, but they often made games way harder for themselves than they needed to be. This was a game that you should have won by 15, 20 points. Easy. Uh, yep. This was a game that Tatum should have been doing what you... And I and Joe Sway were doing in the last two three minutes, watching, not actually being part of the, the yeah. action. That's what the really good teams do, and that's what this team, so far, because it's still we got a lot of season left to play. We're only like ten percent of the way through the season, but so far they're showing the growth that you want a team to have, considering who
2: they have on a roster, considering how they stack up to the rest of the NBA. I think Joe Sway too. The other the other side is two consecutive losses. Of course, the fan base, the the talking heads start to freak, but the Celtics didn't. And last year, that hot, hot start was kind of had this feeling of being unrealistic because they were just so on fire from three. It felt like, you know, smoke and mirrors or whatever you call false hope. And this year, having them had that two game skid early and overcome it, there's something different this year. I I could just sense it. And I'm, you know, I'm usually the guy who's, you know, kind of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <I'm not being laughs> tonight. No, I mean, that's
0: why I asked you, well, what did you, what was your take after those first two losses? If anything changed for you, because I, I know you were high on this team heading into the season. And of course, after those first five wins, everybody was right. But I, I just think, you know, to, to what Sherrod was saying, um, the, the difference between last year's team and this year is just that there isn't that, like, space where they're just complacent, right? They, they, they look up and they see, oh, we're up by nine. We can hang out. We can just relax for a few possessions. Like, like you don't see any of that. Every possession counts. So that goes a long way, right? But especially when you have everyone committed on, on the defensive end of the floor, right? I mean, we talked about it before about the, the, the stars holding everyone accountable, guys like Tatum, guys like Brown. But I feel like when you have the other guys who are constantly – putting forth the right effort on that end of the floor, it, it's it's forces them to do it even more so, right, to make sure that everyone is on the same page. And all of a sudden you see, you know, Jalen jumping into the passing lanes and and, and staying on the ball for fast-break mm-hmm. opportunities. You see mm-hmm. Tatum, you know, looking two steps ahead and, and seeing where the ball is heading to. I just feel like they're, they're just a much smarter team, on that end of the floor. And, of course, guys like Perzingis and, you know, adding guys like Perzingis and Drew Holiday certainly help you on that end of the floor. But it's also, it's them, you know. It's Tatum, it's Brown, it's Derek White, you know. And, and it's doing it every single night. So you're seeing that effort, you know, on a nightly basis. And, and, yeah, those two losses were unfortunate for separate reasons, right? The the one against the Minnesota Timberwolves in overtime. We saw a little bit of that hero ball between Tatum and Brown. You know, shades of what we saw last year and a handful of losses. So, you know, they, they fixed that. Moving forward, And I don't think these are going to be uh, lingering habits like we saw last year. You know, I, I just think that this team is on a different level of focus. And you can give a lot of that, you know, kudos to, to Joe Mazzula and his coaching staff. But you can also look at the leaders in, in in Tatum and Brown.
2: That's also why I'm saying it, though. I think it's it's been it actually proves to be a good thing, the two losses early on. Uh, I think they see that adversity quick because all of us, I think all you guys, I, I know I was saying last year at that quick start out, oh, wait till they hit that rough patch, wait till they, and they're still going to hit more, but having one early like that and have them just snap back and not have that, those bad body language, you know, that bad body language in the game coming after the two straight losses, it, it was, it was impressive and reassuring more so even than impressive.
3: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, fans have to I embrace the reality that this team has lost two games, one in overtime on the road against the best defensive team in the league, and the other one where, upon further review, uh, they may have had a chance to, you know, things might have changed out a little bit differently if they would have called that Joe Embiid out of, Joel Embiid out of bounds play. And so when you look at how they've played well, but there are clear indicators that they're not nearly – at the top of their game yet. Like, when you start looking at what Tatum is doing, what Jalen is doing, you start going down the line, they're playing really good. But it's clear as day that they can be better. And typically, if they're st- if they're able to stay healthy, knock on wood, they're going to get better. They're going to get better as a team. And, and I, I think if you're a Celtics fan, you're excited about what you're seeing because, yes, this Toronto team was not a very good team, but they treated them like you're supposed to treat a not very good team. You actually, you... you At the end of the day, your best players should be watching and not working, getting worked over in the fourth quarter, and that's exactly what the Celtics did. I mean, this is this is exactly what champ. This is what the Golden State Warriors when they were when they were in their peak were doing on a regular basis. This is when I was in Detroit when and I covered the Pistons. This is what they did to the Cleveland Cadavers when they were they were the Cadavers and not the Cavaliers. They beat the (laughs) snot out of them. That's what the great championship caliber teams do, and the Celtics are showing early signs of being that type of team and making that transition that shift that shift to
2: being that team that has positioned themselves to be the last one standing hey listen optimistic time for Celtics fans let me reset here so uh Sherrod Blakely Josue Pavone at TD Garden for the Celtics 117-94 victory second night of back-to-backs we're going to take a quick break for our partners over at FanDuel Joe Sway and Sherrod will be right back, and you'll get Bobby from the Garden.
4: Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150. Bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you get spreads, you get your player props, you get over-unders, and more. So visit Fanduel.com Boston. And kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com, MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1 800 GAM 1234.
0: All right. Back with more from TD Garden, Boston Celtics beat the Toronto Raptors 117 94. And it's the Josue Sherrod Show until Bobby gets back or Bobby joins us, I should say. Uh, He's still um, at the press conferences. Uh, Joe Mazzula spoke, uh, I believe a couple players. We'll find out when Bobby joins us. But Sherrod, you know, we talked about uh, Jason Tatum and obviously that elusive championship and what it means to his legacy. But, you know, it reminds me a lot of the the years before Garnett and Ray Allen, right? Where that was when, when there were people who wouldn't even put Paul Pierce on like the all-time Celtics team, like just like, like the top 12, top 14, wherever you want to say the team, a full basketball team is, people weren't even going to put him in the conversation until he won a championship. So I I understand exactly what Nick Jostle is getting at when I think back, you know, back to those years. But the biggest difference, if you ask me, is, is a lot of what, Pierce always says when this conversation is brought up, right? The fact that Tatum has had so many trips to the Houston Conference Finals, it you know, already had one appearance at the, you know, in the NBA Finals. So obviously, all of those points and extra minutes and those numbers going to put you in a different, you know, category in terms of top, you know, scorers and, and, and top, you know, th- uh, players to, to to make the most three-point shots and all that stuff. So he's going to continue to climb. But what are you seeing out of him in terms of like? The whole MVP conversation, right? Because that's sort of the—I mean—I feel like that's the year where everyone's going to be like, "Okay, this is it. There's no question. The Celtics have to win, win it all this year." You kind of got that sense in a little uh, in, 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 uh, in uh, that five-game, you know, winning streak that the Celtics kicked off the season with. But it was more about the team, wasn't necessarily more about Tatum, but Tatum has been efficient all year long. And of course, tonight was no different. So what do you what's your take on on Tatum and just his his overall season overall and, and what we can expect?
3: Well, I think when you look at his season in its totality, the thing that jumps out to me is that he has become a much better facilitator than he has ever been. I mean, Tatum going out there getting you four, five, six, seven assists now, it's almost like a muscle memory type thing where when it happens, it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He had four or five assists. Whereas a couple years ago, that was like a big freaking deal. Tatum actually gives up the ball and guys actually finish when he gives up the ball was a major deal. The thing that, and and Pierce has talked about this, and Tatum hasn't really had a bad season, both individually as a player. Or as a team now, have they not gone as deep into the playoffs as he and the Celtics was like? Absolutely. They've had some years like that. But it hasn't been a disastrous season where they are now back in the lottery and they're looking to get a top 10 picker. He hasn't had anything remotely close to that type of season. And he has the things that he's done. I think the two biggest things he's done consistently, he puts up big numbers and he contributes to winning. And when you do those two things consistently, you're going to have chances eventually of being in an MVP conversation like this year. I would be shocked if Tatum is not one of the top three finishers for league MVP. Uh, He's going to have the wins. He's going to have the numbers. It's just a matter of what are some of the other factors that are coming to play? I mean, like Luka Doncic, who's another guy who you'd consider, you know, kind of on a cusp of being that dude. Uh, But Tatum, listen, there's right now, He's done everything you can do to position yourself to win a championship other than actually winning it. And and I've said this repeatedly, and I'm going to keep saying it. Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Anything that does not include duck boats and the Larry O'Brien trophy rolling through Boston is a failure.
0: I 100% agree with that, man. No question. And with that, we bring in Bobby Manning, who uh, just spoke to Joe Missoula and maybe a player or two, and uh, he will join us in a little bit. I guess I think he's still trying to find a good spot to to set up, but um, yeah, he's gonna be joining us in a, in a few minutes. But yeah, I mean, look, we we when you look at the the regular season schedule. This was one of those games where I felt like, man, this could go down to the to the wire. I mean, we we talked about it before the game started, and just the way Tatum just handled himself in the second half, and again the second night in a row went into takeover mode almost like he picked a quarter to say hey, this is when I'm going to send these guys to bed this is when I'm going to put this one to rest and, and after he did what he did the rest of the team essentially put together enough effort to, so that Tatum, Brown and the rest of the starters were, were watching on the bench for those last five minutes but like I said before uh, looks like Bobby's ready to go now he joins us uh, from uh, from the Celtics press conferences in the locker room, I believe. Let's see what he got for us. Like, what's going on, Bobby? What, what do you got for us?
1: Hey, just got out of there, talked to Chris Stapps, talked to Sam. Big nights for both of those guys, and they basically described how this offensive outburst we're seeing is coming together pretty naturally. They're working on those back cuts. They got those plays set up, as Joe talked about, that Porzingis got Jalen going with in this one Uh, but much of what they're doing out there is coming together kind of randomly and you know they're going through the ups and downs of trying to figure that stuff out uh, find each other figure out where they're supposed to be for Porzingis in particular he received a lot of credit for the screening and not only this one but also the last game where he only took four shots but still in Missoula's mind was a big part of what they did offensively drawing uh, extra attention inside, and in this one I thought his passing was great. He had a nice pass out of the post that went around the world to I think a uh, uh, Pritchard three or you know White in the corner, someone on that weak side. So he was great passing the ball in this one. That's what we saw spurts of with him with the Wizards. I felt like early in the season he was more focused on scoring, and this one he did a great job facilitating, great job setting screens and just being a part of everything. And he's finding that nice balance between post up mid-range, three-point attack, you know, he got those threes off in a effective way in this game. And he's really been a game-changer for this offense. We keep talking about how Jalen might be the one who has to sacrifice to make this work. And in this game, the way that they guarded Boston – Porzingis was able to find Jalen Austin. The fact that both those guys had big nights alongside Jason, I think is the perfect formula for this group. You know, Holiday knows his role is going to be facilitating as a point guard. White's going to do whatever it takes. If those three guys get rolling the way they did tonight, this is going to be a tough team to beat. And I think you saw the formula for it. Porzingis passing out of the high post. Uh, Tatum running ahead and you know attacking the basket. The the urgency to get down Hill was great in this one. And I think it just allowed them to be consistent quarter to quarter. This is a similar game to the Nets game, but they had much less let up quarter to quarter. That third quarter wasn't great last night. In this game, it was first quarter to fourth quarter. They just rolled. And, and that's what they
3: have to do. I mean, they, they really have to treat every team as if this game matters. Uh, And and we saw, you know, many games last year where they would just kind of coast, win by seven or eight against a team they should have beat by 15 or 20. Uh, And these two teams that they beat, you know, Brooklyn, uh, that was like a 12-point win, but the game wasn't that close. Uh, And this one, we're looking at 23 points. Yeah, it damn sure wasn't close. And and as the game wore on, they got stronger. That is what championship teams do. Uh, you absolutely see a weak opponent, and rather than mess around with your food, you just feast. You don't mess around with it; you just feast off that. And then, when you got net, another plate of food, guess what? You feast again. This team is slowly but surely starting to develop the kind of killer instinct that you need to have to win a championship. I don't think they're there yet. I don't. Th- I, I, I. I'm pretty damn sure they're not there yet. But they're starting to show signs that it's in them. To be that kind of team and they're starting to flex that a little bit more than we've seen in the past and like I said we're we're about 10% of the way through the season and so there's a lot of basketball left to be played but I like the direction that they're going in this is what you're supposed to be building towards from one game to the next from one weekend to the next this this sense of just taking care of your business so that your boys Tatum and Brown can sit back and do what me Bobby and Joe Sway are doing in the last three minutes nothing but watching and chilling no
1: pressure at all. It's amazing. Yeah. And they've stacked these wins, Joe Sway. They they had these early on, and then they faced some tougher teams that played them more aggressively defensively, had some rim protection, kept them out of the paint. And I think that's probably what went wrong in those Minnesota and Philadelphia games. Tonight, they were able to move Pearl out of the paint area. They were able to get those wide-open lanes to the basket. And this is now a handful of teams that they've just blown away by 20, 30 points, 50 in the Indiana game. So early on when they were five and Oh, and they were putting up those kind of offensive numbers, you're like, are they going to do this all year? Are they just going to be like 2008 Geno time every night? And you, you started to sh- get a little shaky in those two losses. And you're wondering, Oh, here we go again. Is, is this going to be like last year? And Porzingis actually just said in the locker room. You're going to have those stretches. You're going to have the good stretches. And, when we were in philly he said he actually likes having a little bit of the adversity because they're able to learn from it and they're able to understand that it's not the end of the world like it is on this show sometimes and for a lot of fans during those stretches of games he said this team's done a good job of not taking on that mindset when they've had bad quarters bad games and that two game losing streak that they did there and uh, you yeah, know, he actually wants to have some of those bad stretches so they can you know, figure out what they need to fix out of those games. And clearly there's been a lot of work going on. Joe's been pressing Porzingis to be in those right positions. And even where they've blown out teams by 30, 40, 50 points, they all think that they can get better. This can get tighter. They can improve upon what they've done already. That's got to be a pretty scary thought, especially when you're going against... You know, some of the weaker teams in the league. Like, listen, Philly's one of the best teams in the league, clearly, right now. Minnesota's up there. They've rolled through the teams that they're supposed to roll through here, Brooklyn, Toronto, and Indiana, all the way down the line.
0: Yeah, I mean, Porzingis, I feel like for him to say that is because he, he's he been on a lot of teams that I'm sure that that's happened, you know, throughout the course of a regular season, whether we're talking about the New York Knicks or the, or the Dallas Mavericks. And, and, I mean, you, you find – you, you land on a team that's just completely focused and dialed in on a level that I'm, I'm sure he's he's never quite seen before. So I, I I think you're getting the absolute most out of him off the strength of that, you know, and, and clearly what this team has been about for the last two years. Of course, he's seen from for, you know, from afar. But, yeah, I, I mean, I just think the Celtics team, it's it's telling for them to, to come back, you know, after a, a win Friday night, and essentially change the, what they were doing defensively, and you saw the effect of it because I I feel like it's 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 easy to f- to forget that the Celtics actually, or I should the Nets rather, actually had a better shooting night than the Celtics Friday night. They shot better from, from behind the three point arc. They shot better from the floor overall. But the Celtics outsmarted them in that second half. I mean that was the difference when when Tatum went off. What was it? 16 points in that third quarter. I mean that that was clearly created enough space. But then they didn't they didn't take their put up the gas pedal in that fourth quarter, even after the starters came out. That's when the, the lead really ballooned. So I feel like in this in this instance, you saw the Celtics go up against a, a, a less talented team in the Toronto Raptors, but they're putting their hearts out way before, you know what I mean? The Raptors could even regroup and, and try to find some sort of uh, run, you know, in that second half. It was just too much for them to handle, whereas the Celtics were able to use that muscle memory from Friday night. And of course, those those losses on the road as well but i just feel like they came back from those losses just refocused and and, and dialed in the way way they were you know friday night against the nets i I just think that game comes down to the wire if that wasn't the case right going up against a team that that offensively had a better night than you did
1: i'm gonna go check in it sounds like tatum's about to talk but we do have Porzingis here talking about uh the sacrifice and the shot totals and everything else he's kind of working through right here Honestly, for me, like as
3: long as we're playing the right way, it doesn't matter if I get those shots or I don't. You know, I, I enjoy
4: uh, just drawing attention. You know, if I'm setting a good screen for my teammate, rolling and then drawing more attention, and somebody's getting open to three, open three, I love that. You know, I, I, I love those kind of things. So uh, for me, it doesn't really matter yeah, as long as you know uh, I feel like we're you know playing the right way.
0: All right, Chris, Porzingis, talking about uh, the Southern wind. Uh his, his screening certainly created a whole lot of space, and it started in that first quarter, and the, the, the nightmare I felt like started for, uh, for Poto, and trying to keep up with Porzingis. But, yeah, I mean, that's what kind of goes to what I was saying before about just these weapons that Vegas has never really had right especially when you look at uh, him being on a team where he's not thought of as one of those top two guys but certainly it's just as important to this offense as well as the defense but specifically on the offensive end is, is he makes his presence felt in a way that just makes things way easier for all for, for the other four starters now
3: here's the thing um i want to say porzingis is is a guy that when you start breaking down what he's bringing to the table um he's showing more the more we watch him play the more he's showing he's not just the seven footer who can shoot the ball um his passing is so much better than I thought it was. And his ball handling actually does not suck. He's This is the thing I like about his ball handling. He knows there's certain matchups where he can put it on the floor and potentially get by guys, like Pirtle tonight. There were times where he put it on the floor and, and made a move, but he's not going to try that against Bam Adebayo. He's not going to try that against Joel Embiid. He's not going to try that against certain uh, bigs who he knows from an athleticism standpoint, are significantly superior to him because it just doesn't make sense. So the fact that he's figuring out what he needs to do to be effective, to be impactful, to give the team something that they don't have, uh, it's its part of his growth. And the thing I always go back to with him is, this is at best your third best player. Your third best player. Uh, and he's giving you so much more than your typical run-of-the-mill number three option would give you. So uh, kudos to, to him for just really working through this. And, and, you know, we talked earlier about sacrifice and how Jalen has to sacrifice. Every guy on his team is going to have to sacrifice. You start looking at the teams that win championships, that's really, it becomes the unwritten rule of the land. that All of us got to give some, uh, something. Uh, and Porzingis is no different. Jalen Brown is no different. Tatum is no different. But the key is figuring out what do you need to give up and what do you need to preserve? And I think that's where it gets a little dicey because sometimes guys are willing to sacrifice, but they're not willing to sacrifice the right things for winning. Uh, and, and that comes about through growth that comes about comes through playing with each other and ultimately the you ideally you want to see at the end of the road playoffs where everything comes together everyone knows their role everyone has figured out what they need to give up in order to give the most to the team
0: you know sir sometimes when a, a a team is just just that lead just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it seems like the clock is just not moving quick enough. When you're on the wrong end of a blowout, you're getting your feelings a little bit, Gerard. And it seems like the Toronto Raptors were on that end. Uh, of, Get of over it, blowout. Toronto. So um, I'm getting the story here piece in, in pieces here, so I'm trying to put it all together. But uh, but apparently the Toronto Raptors, Gerard, were very upset with the Celtics for, uh, or at least Joe Azula, uh for 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 challenging what was it that final play, and it actually happened. Happened right in front of us, right, Sharon? It was He um, won the challenge. He did win the challenge, but this is what happened. This is this is what I saw. I saw it in real time, right? It was O'Shea Perset. Did the the classic like, you know, looking at the referee saying, I didn't touch that. And he turned to Joe Mozilla. Mozilla gave him that look. Like, are you sure? He gave him the yes. And Mozilla didn't think twice. He called timeout and Call for them to, to review it. I didn't never looked at it as like, man, they're trying to run up the score or anything like that. But apparently, the Toronto Raptors took it in that and, and, and took it that way. And Dennis Schroeder even took it a step further, calling it disrespectful uh, what the Celtics did and 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 challenging that play when they already had uh, a double digit lead intact with only a couple of minutes left on the clock. Sherald, what what's your take on this? Is it are, are they are they salty? Are they too salty for you? You know what I mean? Are, are, the, are the Raptors just in their feelings, or or does Dennis Schroeder have something? And, and that the Celtics were just trying to uh, to up the, up the scoreboard.
3: They're in their damn feelings. If this, if it were a play where let's say they took a three I and agree. they counted it as a two and they challenged that and they went, then, yeah, I would absolutely say, you know what, that's that's kind of weak. Uh, but here's the thing that Joe Mazzula is trying to do and all these coaches are trying to do. You are trying to build your team uh, where there's a level of trust that goes beyond what happens just between the lines, what happens in practice, what happens on the team plan. Remember, we're talking about O'Shea Brissett, someone who's new to this team. Joe Missoula is still getting to know him. O'Shea is still getting to know Joe Missoula. They have to build a trust just like Joe has to do with all the other guys on this team. And that was one of those moments where O'Shea is saying, Coach, I didn't do that. It wasn't me. And your coach can either agree. And try and challenge it, which Joe did, or you can just say, Well, just forget about it. You know, we're just we, we're winning, we're winning big, no big deal. If you're O'Shea said, how are you gonna feel about that? You're not gonna necessarily be like the Raptors and be all salty and get in your feelings and, and, and be kind of bitch and moan about it, when, 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 but you're not gonna be happy about that. You're and and if you're Joe Missoula, if you're if your guy is saying that that didn't happen, trust your guy, show that you believe in what he's saying. And Joe did that, and he was rewarded by getting the challenge right. So... Toronto, I get why you're upset. You should. You, rather than be upset at him challenging that play, you need to be upset that you gave up 117 points and got your ass kicked. That's what you need to be upset about. Be mad about how you played. Be mad about how your boys didn't get the job done. Don't be mad about a coach challenging a call that he was right about. That he was right. That's the thing about it. You're, you're mad. You're 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 mad that he got the call right.
0: Got it, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, but here's what Joe Mazzula had to say about it. Uh, after the game, he was asked, or it was brought up, rather. Your bench wasn't too happy with you after the challenge. What, what did they express to you, and what was your response there? Um, they just thought that it was,
3: uh, I don't know if it was, like, disrespectful or cheap to challenge in that situation. Um, you know, I don't really agree or disagree. I think at the end of the day, my responsibility is to my players first and, you know, having respect for the game. We've been in that situation before where we don't shoot the last shot. We let the clock go out. We do that all the time. But with three and a half minutes to go when you have a group of guys that check in and they're playing as hard as they can, um, I think it's my responsibility to my players first. And um, it was a clear opportunity for me to uh, empower the players, let them know that I'm coaching you. And those minutes to me are just as important as the start of the game. And that's what I told my players. And uh, I'll always put them first.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Joe Mazzulla said, "That is not my problem. Okay, I'm trying to coach my team up. It's uh, the second to or third week of the regular season. I got guys sitting here who are fighting for playing time, fighting for a roster or not a roster spot, but a, a rotation spot. Rather, man, I, I got. I, I want to see this thing through. This isn't about you. This isn't about me trying to." You know, win this game by thirty? No, no. This is about my guys, and I'm trying to focus on, on their growth. Yeah, I'm with I'm Thomas on this one for sure. And Sherrod, you bring up a good point. I mean, if it's if he's challenging, you know, where 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 a three point shot, you know, was was taken. You know, if he wants that extra point, that's different. That's a completely different type of challenge. But no, he wants to see if if Brissette made the right play. And, and, and as someone who is big for this team in the sense of getting those rebounds and those second chance opportunities, uh, I, I I think Thomas said, look. This is, this is worth exploring. This is worth the challenge. So he asked for that green light special. Exactly. And th- the other thing, too, is you don't want your
3: players to feel that their time on the floor doesn't matter. And if your players telling you that, I didn't do that, coach, and you're like, eh, we're not going to challenge it because it don't matter. That's a very bad message that you're sending to your players. Joe Mazzulla did the absolute right thing. He's coaching his damn team, whether you're up by two points points with seven seconds left, or you up by 27 points with three minutes left. It doesn't matter. You're still coaching the team. And they understand. And and to me, I I just, I just, the only thing I could think of was just Toronto got caught up in the moment. And that moment was, damn, we're getting our asses kicked by 27 points. And he just called a challenge. Damn, seriously, Coach, and and my response is, yeah, seriously, we we up by twenty seven, we we're taking no chances. I'm still going to coach this team, whether we up big or we down big. I'm still coaching the team, and to me, this is it's one of those things where Toronto, you just got to get over your feelings and just play better next game. Just play better next game, um, and. Uh, this is one of the one of those times where I'm 100 percent in with Joe in this. Usually I'm like maybe 65 70% in on Joe on a lot of the stuff he wants to do. This one I'm 100 percent all in because he did the right thing, uh, and just calling that challenge. And and again, at the end of the day, whether you believe he was right or wrong, the end of, the end result was he was right. And so if you know that, what the hell are you bitching about, Toronto? Come
0: on, man. Yeah, yeah. It's true. All facts. I mean, this is the this is the type of thing I feel like it, it's just you, you're just mad in the about the moment, you know. And, and I I I love that Joe Mazzula just saw how Brissett, just how emotional Brissett was about it. Like that's what you want from your guys coming off the bench, right? The, the game's already in, in the bag, Lee's intact. But he's still putting forth the right effort that he just flipping out because he, he wanted that possession that bad, and his coach went out there and, and, and fought for him. But yeah, the Celtics win, 117 to 94 It's your final score. One more game at home against the New York Knicks before the Celtics uh, head head uh, head back to the to, to Philly for for a rematch, which uh, I, I feel like we'll we'll get a even better game, a better performance out of this Celtics team, potentially a win against that Philadelphia Sixers team. But either way, man, this Celtics team is rolling right now, and uh, I I don't. I don't see it slowing down against against you New know, York Knicks team. What about you, Sheryl? They're
3: gonna. I mean, they're gonna still have a hiccup here and there. No, there's no question about that. But yeah, I, I still think this team is is going to wind up winning sixty or so games this year. I still think they're gonna have the best record in the East. And I, I from the beginning I said this team is, I believe, will win a championship. Uh, and I, I think that they're gradually showing signs that. I've seen championship caliber teams show early in the season. Uh, When you play teams that aren't good, you beat the snot out of them. When you play teams that are are pretty good, you may lose to them, but the game is going to be relatively close. Uh, And, again, if if a team is without one of their core guys and they're a pretty good team, you're going to lay the hammer on them. You're going to take advantage of that that missing piece and make their lives miserable. The Celtics are doing the things that you should be doing at this point in the season. Uh, And... Like I said, my only concern about this team and their championship aspirations is health. Uh, That's the only thing I'm worried about, because if they're relatively healthy all the way through the season, or at least for the significant portion of the season and going to the playoffs, I just don't see them. I don't see anyone beating them four times. They'll lose twice, maybe even three times. I don't see anyone beating them four times in the playoffs. I just don't.
0: Man, that gives me those 08 vibes, that 08 team. It was like they lose one, maybe two, and then rattle off like six, seven wins here. You know, like that's the kind of that, that's the that's the beginning of a championship team, and they had that pattern going. And the this have a they have a team that's talented enough to do that for sure. But again, you you wonder how many times those bad habits are going to pop up again. But can this team fix it on the fly the way they did the way they have, you know, at home and back-to-back games? I think it's a good chance they do that, especially when you look at with the schedule, you know, with, with the teams that are ahead of them and you know, bef- that that little home cooking stretch it going into December b- before they um, before they hit the road.
3: That's what they need. Uh again, just utilize the schedule to your advantage, make sure that you win the games you're supposed to, which you should win the overwhelming majority of your games at home, and they've shown thus far, you know, in the early portion of the season that they're not taking this home court thing for for granted. I mean, they're actually they're lowering the hammer the way you're supposed to when you're at your place, uh, and that's again. This to me, I, I, what we're seeing with the Celtics team are just little mile markers and little seeds that are being planted of a of what you expect a championship caliber team to do. Uh, and I keep hammering that home because I I believe that with absolute one hundred percent clarity that this team is going to be the last. They're going to be the last team standing because they're doing all the things. They're taking all the proper steps to do that. And, and again, the only concern I have is health because they have a couple of guys who, who have had a sketchy background when it comes to staying healthy. Uh, but aside from that, they're gonna. Be, I, I fully expect them to be there. Absolutely.
0: Siraj so said he ain't worried about Philly. He said, Philly who?
3: Oh, hell no. Hell no, I ain't worried about Philly. They're a good team. I'm going to give them their props. They're a pretty good team. But I'm not worried about them in the best of seven. Hell no. Uh, And, and, and again, with Nick Nurse's coaching, that changes things a little bit from Doc. It changes a little thing, just a little bit. But I'm not worried about them uh, because I still think at the end of the day, the Celtics have too much talent. They're too deep. And I think they have more answers uh, for what Philly does well than the other way around.
0: No question. No question. All right, we're going to check in one more time with Bobby. Uh, before we wrap up and we'll see what he what, what he got out of the locker room, what the guys are saying, if he was there when Schroeder was uh, 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 talking about the disrespect this, uh, the Celtics had for the Toronto Raptors by challenging plays down the stretch, uh, we'll see what he says. But first and foremost, we gotta uh, gotta, gotta pay pay the bills, right, right, Sharad? We got a got a sponsor here, our good friends over at Hello Fresh. If you haven't signed up already, man? You guys are missing out. Um, this is this is the 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 type of setup you you need. If, if you're not big on going to the grocery stores every week, you want things easy. You want to, to, to get things the the right amount without having to see that you know that that thing, that nasty onion that's gone bad that's been in the back of your your refrigerator. Well, HelloFresh is gonna help you with that, all right? They're gonna give you uh, farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trip to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make uh, home cooking easy, fun, and afford and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I personally just had, and I was telling Bobby about this during the game. They got a uh, shepherd pie that is probably the best I've had. Man, if you're a big fan of that, you you, you got to sign up, man. They also got other stuff as well. I mean, you got barbecue, uh, barbecue pork, pulled pork nachos. You got uh, desserts. They got these mini like cheesecakes. If you're into that. Anything you want, you can add to your order. I mean, we all know HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime, but did you know that it can also save you money? HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. So you can skip the groceries, skip the takeout, make a quick meal, and you want to invite that special someone. You can even impress them. You can get your get your chef, get your chef hat on and, and show them how it's done with HelloFresh. Fresh. Uh, right now, head to HelloFresh.com slash CLNS50. Use the code CLNS50. off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash CLNS50. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Sponsoring the Guard Report and, of course, CLNS Media. All right, Sherrod. uh, Before we check in with Bobby real quick, he's going to. uh, uh, It looks like he's about to. Looks like he's still a little busy, so I guess we we could just wrap this thing up. I mean, we got another game in like less than 48 hours. This is. A heck of a stretch, but I'll tell you this much: so this home cooking has certainly helped the Celtics. Uh, whether it's you want to say that the, the fans have been really into it, which I feel like they're taking things to another level with the with the Friday night uh, showing. This one tonight, you know, same thing. I'm sure we'll see the same uh, type of energy on Monday. But this team can just motivate itself at this point. It seems like they're just really into uh, starting another run, or at least another winning streak, than, than outside of that five straight that they that they kicked the season off with.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they understand that this season is going to be like the game that's played. It's a game of runs. It's a season of runs. Uh, And and the Celtics understand that when you get into a flow and you're winning games, you just want to keep rolling with that as much as you can. And they've got an opportunity to do that. They've got a schedule that is, I think, very doable. Uh, They've got a chance to get opportunities for some of those guys at the back end of their bench to get on the floor. Sam Hauser to me has really emerged like the last two or three games as a guy that is finally starting to play the way they need him to play and is giving them something off that second unit uh, that they absolutely need to have. Pritchard, I think, you know, he, he's starting to thaw off, thaw out a little bit because he's been ice cold most of the season. Uh, and then you get your top five, top six guys uh, who are really, really good and play really, really well together. And the scary part to me is. I still think that they're, and I think Porzingis has kind of alluded to this and and a couple other guys have too, they still don't have the chemistry quite where they want it to be. Uh, They can play, and that's just more than anything else, is just playing with each other. Uh, It's just becoming more familiar with each other, understanding where guys' sweet spots are, recognizing when guys are thinking about standing still or whether they're going to roll to the basket are they going to go baseline or going to pop to the middle, little things that come about in time they're still working on, it. and yet, even that being said, they're still pretty damn good. Uh, and that, to me, is, is why. And again, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not moving off this mountain. They gonna, they, they should
0: be the last team standing. Who expected to be that team? Save the tape, Ahmed. Save that tape. You heard it here, it's rod He's not gonna. He's not getting. He's not climbing off of that. This, that mountain. this ain't
3: Bobby. Don't get it twisted. This is this is a, this
0: not waving in the wind, Bobby. Flip flop, flip flop, Sharad. Nah, it's only flip flop, Bobby. All right, all right. We'll see. We'll see if he keeps that same energy. I'm glad he brought up Sam Howser, man, because he's gonna. He's if he hasn't already, he's about to make the scouting report for Monday night's game, man. Like this is this is an incredible stretch we're talking about right now. I mean, tonight, what was it, four for six, I believe, right? Yeah, four for six for three. But entering this game, he was twenty for thirty-six. So right now, well, out of the last six games, he is twenty-four for forty-two. From behind the three-point arc, that's ridiculous, man. I don't think. I'm not sure. I, I actually, you know what? I'm gonna say I, he doesn't keep that going. He's not gonna shoot uh, that percentage year year-round. But this is if this is an indication of the type of uh, offensive explosion that we're gonna get in these five to six-game spurts out of Sam Hauser. This second unit might be in better better hands than we, than we thought.
3: You know. Well, he's gonna get open looks. I mean, he. he When you play with Tatum, you play with Brown, you play with Derek White, you play with all these guys, you are going to get open looks, and he's doing what you're supposed to do, knocking that damn shot down. And the thing I love about Sam's game is that even when he was struggling, there really wasn't a sense that he was hesitating. Like, he was struggling because he wasn't making shots. He wasn't struggling because he wasn't sure if he should shoot or not. Uh, I think that's the Like, O'Shea Brissett, that's a different story. I think O'Shea has struggled making shots because he doesn't really know if he should be taking shots. Uh, And that's that's a problem, but Sam does not have that as an issue. Sam is catch, let it fly. To me, he's cash, catch and shoot. House, C A S H, cash. That's what we're talking about with Sam House.
0: Drew Holiday said after Friday's win, man, he'd be shooting that thing so high up. It looks like when it goes through the rim, it doesn't even touch anything, it just straight through. No one can, no one can just disrupt it. And it's certainly, that's been the case throughout these last six games. We'll see if that carries over into Monday night's game against the New York Knicks here at TD Garden. the something will wrap up their three-game homestand before going on the road and uh, taking on the uh, Philadelphia 76ers for a rematch back down in Philly. But first things first, Monday night, we'll be back here at TD Garden for our host of the night, making his season debut, Nick Jelso. Appreciate you, man. Great checking in with you. Uh, Bobby Manning, he's A. Rob Blakely. I'm Josue Pavone. We'll see you guys next time, Monday night. I think john should be back in the house right we'll see either way you know we got you covered here clns media check out all of our coverage on youtube at clns media and of course clsmedia.com we'll see you guys then